programming through Ivana Network. We have um, known each other for the last few years and they're very thankful that he can uh, be part of this congregation, part of my life. Uh, we meet together mostly over Zoom, but also sometimes over a phone and sometimes in person. And so we're just really thankful to have him. A very uh, experienced pastor who has gone through a lot. I'm not saying that in a bad way. <laughs> it makes me sound old. But it, okay. I didn't say old. Okay, thank you. I appreciate He's it. had a lot of experience. That's, that's a fact. <laughs> so we are thankful that he can be here this morning and share with, uh, with us what's on, what God's put on his heart. So um, just listen to And to I'm Don. thankful to be here too. Am I, am I on all the way? Okay, very good. Thank you, Luke, and it is good to be with you and with East Bend and see all these bright and shiny faces this morning. I come to you on uh, behalf of Ivana Network. Uh, we're at that seventh year in our network, and uh, we're in a crunch, and you probably saw it on the pulse. Uh, it's not a desperate pr- crunch, but we do would like to, to get a little bit of funding together so that we can... Uh, uh, it's an interesting time. We have a lot of churches who want to come on, but people don't usually give till they're there. And so it's that, that little lurch in between. You, you guys as farmers probably know that lurch, you know. It's the, between the time you put the seed in the ground and have all the expenses of sticking them there and the time you have harvest. Yeah? Do I get an amen? Okay. That's where we're at. We'd like to see all of you, as many as can be at Regen next summer. That'd be cool too. This message that I bring this morning, um, we're going through the gospel project in the church where I pastor. And uh, this happened to be one sermon that was a winner. And so I thought I'd bring the good stuff. And let's just hope it's a winner when it comes here. How would that be? So if you uh, are following in your Bibles, I'd like to read... uh, Yeah. There it is. Second uh, Chronicles chapter 24, and I'm going to begin reading in verse 15, and I'm going to read to uh, 22. Do you guys stand for the reading of the word, or do you? S- Whatever you do, you do, okay? Because I'm going to read, and you do what you do. If that's open your Bible, sometimes it's hard to open your Bible and stand at the same time, and sort of like me and chewing gum and walking. Yeah. Now Jehadiah was old and full of years, and he died at the age of 130. Oh, praise the Lord. He was buried with the kings in the city of David because of the good he had done in Israel and for God and his temple. This is 2 Chronicles. Did I do something wrong? Okay. After the death of Jehadiah, the officials of Judah came and paid homage to the king. And he listened to them. They abandoned... They ab- oh, I should just read from up there. They abandoned the temple of the Lord, the God of their fathers, and worshipped Asherah and idols. Because of their guilt, God's anger came upon Judah and Jerusalem. Although the Lord sent prophets to the people to bring them back to Him, and though they testified against them, they would not listen. Then the Spirit of God came upon Zechariah, son of Jehoadiah, 
the priest. He stood before the people and said, This is what God says. Why do you disobey the Lord's commands? You will not prosper because you have forsaken the Lord. He has forsaken you. But they plotted against him. And by order of the king, they stoned him to death in the courtyard of the Lord's temple. King Joash did not remember the kindness Zachariah's father, Jehodiah, had shown him, but killed his son, who said he was lie, as he lied, was lying down, May the Lord see this and call you to account. What things, what individuals, what entities influence you? What influences you to buy what you buy at the grocery store? What influences you to buy a Chevy over a Ford? Or vice versa. Amen. I got it. That's how you get an amen at East Bend. We found it. What influences you to watch certain television shows? What, what influences you to read a certain newspaper over another newspaper? What influences you to listen to a certain news channel over another news channel? What influences you? In this, in this Old Testament passage, the piece we leave out is the fact that Joash, King Joash, Good King Joash did not end well because he forgot the influence of his youth. Now, we really need to put this in context because there's a really interesting family drama that goes on before Joash forgets. It's Joash instead of Josiah. Oops. Okay. It's Joash, King Joash. And if you have time this afternoon before your nap in your recliner, I would say go back to First Chronicles, no, Second Chronicles, and read the, the run-up to this. It goes back, I'd, I'd send you back to chapter 20. Read 20 through 24 and you get the whole passage of what's going on here. Now, you've probably heard of King Ahab, right? And he had his, his wife was Jezebel, Right? And you know, they, they didn't uh, really impress the Lord much. And, and uh, we have two prophets that move against Ahab and his family. In fact, by the time of Josiah, uh, Elisha comes, he anoints Jehu and really sort of cleans house on Ahab's family. And there was a remnant because they had to be a remnant of that family come through because that was the line of David, right? And the line of David needed to continue. What we don't see in the side number is the fact that Jezebel and Ahab had children. And while Ahab took care, or Yehu took care of a lot of the family, 
he left the girls in place. So Athaliah would be the daughter of Jezebel and Ahab. And before I lose you too much, uh, we'll just sort of take a... When her son's taken out of power by Yehu, she takes over. She takes over and eliminates the entire royal line except for a baby that the priest takes and saves in the temple. And that's Joash. And Jehoadiah had taken that baby into the temple for safekeeping. Because that baby was the remnant of the royal line of David through whom it had always been prophesied that God would redeem His people. So we got some big stuff at stake here. And Joash, he lived into that kingship. You know, he started early. He started at seven years old. Do we have any seven-year-olds here? Any seven-year-olds? There's, there's one. Yes. Would you like to be queen today? <laughs> Maybe tomorrow. But if you can imagine putting a seven-year-old in the kingship, and uh, if you read that passage, you'll see that royal setting where they place the king before the people and they anoint him as king. And all of a sudden, Athaliah, his grandmother, who meant to kill him. How many grandmothers would like to kill their grandkids? No way! What is up with this woman? Yeah. And so, outside the temple... Athaliah is killed after she yelled treason. It's a wonderful story. It might keep you awake after you, take, after you read it, and so then you won't need your nap. Right? But what I'm wanting to do is put it in the context that this young child grew up with Jehoiah as his mentor. And we realize that when you add 40 years onto a 7-year-old, that's only 47. But Joash had a 40-year reign on top of his 7 years. And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord most of that time. Putting the temple back together. Repairing. Taking down the Asherah poles. Taking away the Baal worship. Cleaning house, if you will. In the same line as what Yehu was wanting to do as well. He does all this under the influence of this godly priest who had saved him from his murderous grandmother. And he did good. He did good up until the point when his influencer died. And he took his influence from these princes of the nations. When he started taking his influence from the princes of the nations, things changed. And changed so dramatically that he himself went to Baal worship. He set back in place the Asherah poles. He went 180 degrees the wrong direction. 
Now, we don't know how long that was, but if Joadiah lived to 130 years, likely he was maybe 90. How many 90-year-olds are rescuing their grandkids? Uh, and, and so we are sort of at straws here, but we know that it was in the latter part of his days that he turned his, his eyes away from what Joadiah had, sh- had uh, shown him. To the point, he would kill Joadiah's son because of the prophecies he was bringing against him. What influences you? And to what extent are you influenced? In other words, to what extent does someone else's voice come into your life and move you in a certain direction? Because that's what's going on here. Now I think of my mom and dad. Because we have to realize that our families influence us. Right? Our moms and dads, grandpas and grandpas, grandmas, and, and, and sometimes our siblings. I, I, have a good, I have only one sister, praise the Lord, and she's pretty decent. But I remember the influence that my father had on my life. Has still, still does. Uh, but on, uh, in the farming years when I was young, uh, we had a, a John Deere. You know, that was our big tractor at one time. I probably wouldn't cut much here in Illinois, but out in Kansas it was all right until you got to a, pertin- uh, a harvest time or planting time when we needed an extra tractor. And what my dad would do is uh, ask the neighbor if we could borrow his tractor so that the two of us, dad and I both, could be in the field at the same time. And so he would borrow the tractor and we'd bring it over. Usually it's better than ours. And uh, what dad would always make sure of, no matter how much fuel came when the tractor got on the farm, that when that tractor left our farm, it was full of fuel and ready to go. And my dad was a mechanic, so if it had something missing or, or wasn't working quite right, he'd take care of that too. So by the neighbor loaning us the tractor, the tractor usually ended up in better shape going back than it did when it came. And that's one of the things Dad instilled in my life. It's one of the influences he's had on me. One of a great many. And I imagine everybody in the room could look at Mom and Dad and say, "Uh, there's been an influence on my life by Mom and Dad. Joash didn't have that. He just had that old priest, Jodiah. Must have been quite a fella for him to pull off what he pulled off. And I do hope you read that this afternoon. But we also had friends. Any of you here have friends? Okay. And friends are nice because they're unlike mom and dads and sisters and brothers. You can pick them. And so you can pick your friends, and it's sort of nice. You can pick the ones you like and who you agree with and who tells you you're doing all right, and and you usually eliminate those who say you aren't. And we are influenced by our friends. 
In fact, we gather people around us who think just like us because that's nice and homogeneous and there's no threat there, right? I was serving in a church where if one person traded cars, they would all get the same car. I don't, man, I don't know how many gray Ford Escapes were in the parking lot right next to each other at the same time. And before that, it was Buick LeSabres. And they were all brown. And you just see these people. They, they, they were friends. They were all part of the same covey. And they'd go and, and uh, get... I, I just had to buy a Toyota. It's one of those things we do when we get together and we all seem to sort of agree with things and it's, it's nice to be comfortable in that group. Our friends influence us. And whether we like it or not, our culture influences us too. I was shocked when I was in a group and they know that I do a podcast with Alex Zimmerman. And they called me an influencer. And I said, huh? Because I don't view myself as an influencer. But Alex has a pretty good uh, podcast going. And we are realizing that we're becoming part of a culture that lives online and gets their cues from online presence and podcasts. And there's algorithms that will bring these things up if you're in a certain way. And I don't like to admit it. But in one way or another, those algorithms that are out there are shaping us if we allow them to. All you have to do is realize that... I, <laughs> I love it. So I was thinking outside the box of building a steel building. I wanted something to put my treasures in. So I wanted to know how much they cost and how, what it would look like and all that. And I bring up an internet ad about steel buildings. And my Facebook now has steel buildings. All these offers on building steel buildings. I just wanted a question answered. And I got all these. But they listen. The internet is listening to us and trying to move us in a direction. It is, in one way or another, whether we like it or not, an influencer. With all this being said, what I want you to be aware of this morning is we as God's people are in the same danger as Joash if we lose sight of our primary influencer, which I believe should be Jesus Christ, the Son of Almighty God. In Hebrews chapter 12, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, and he's just finished chapter 11, and talks about all those faithful people who have gone before, let us throw out everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us 
let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before Him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, considered Him who has endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you, notice the influence there, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. We can be influenced by others. And when we talk about it corporately together as the church, we even as the church, if we don't keep our eyes on Jesus, can be influenced to the point that we don't look like the church anymore. And there's an active critique on evangelical faith today because of how we may have been influenced one way or another. I would like to take it one point further. Brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, we have been given the privilege to influence for Christ's sake. Think about Matthew chapter 5, verses 14, I believe it is. See, I can't give my dear brother my slides because sometimes I preach on the fly. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. But instead they put it on a stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light so shine before men. I'd say women too. That they may say, see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. A key, voice, key scripture that says that we as Christians living in the time in which we live are to be influencers of the world around us for the sake of Jesus Christ. For the sake of Jesus Christ. And you know what? You don't have to be an ordained preacher to be an influencer. In fact, I think it works to your benefit. Because sometimes they look at us preachers and say, well, look at that polished old dude. I bet he can't do a day's work. That what I'm doing, he couldn't do. Right? I didn't get an amen on that. That's positive. But we can be influencers for the cause of Christ from the cab of a truck, from a cab of a combine, from a car on the road, from an encounter in Walmart. We can be influencers for Jesus Christ just anywhere we are because Christ may have ordained that moment for the encounter we're going to have. Don't let the moment pass by. I mean, even Jesus took getting a drink of water at a well to the point in which He met a town spiritually in their need for God. 
And that's what Christ does. And He'll do it through us. You're a congregation on mission. You're a congregation seeking to reach this community for Jesus Christ. And I praise the Lord that you're here at this time for that purpose. My nudge in this message this morning is don't take your eyes off Jesus as the primary influence for everything you do. May God bless you and keep you.